to Burlington Humane, the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society, Ontario's premier no-kill shelter. Bye, society. Bye, society. Burlington Humane is my society. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Burlington Humane, the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society. My name is Doug, and I'm coming to you from beautiful Burlington, Ontario, Canada. On this episode of Burlington Humane, we are going to talk with Robin Saar, who is the National Nutritional Ambassador with Vet Strategies. She'll talk to us about pet nutrition. We will hear an excerpt from a new book by Malcolm Bernstein called Animals and Our Emotional Well-Being. Personal stories about our best friends and their impact on our lives. And we'll hear all the latest news and events. So stay with us for this and much more on Burlington Humane. Pet nutrition is a topic on the minds of most pet owners. How do you know which pet food is the best for your pet? I talked with Robin Saar, who is the National Nutritional Ambassador with Vet Strategies. She talked to us about what to look for in pet food to ensure your pet is receiving the most nutritious food for them. I'm here with Robin Saar, who is the National Nutritional Ambassador with Vet Strategies. Welcome, Robin, to Burlington Humane. Hi there. Thanks for having me today. It's just wonderful to be here and talking to you about nutrition. Excellent. Now, you're a registered veterinary technician? You bet I am, yes. And then I've got a specialty in nutrition as well. So it's kind of like getting your master's in nutrition for technicians. It's a way for us to kind of advance ourselves in our careers. And that's really important, especially talking with your everyday pet owners, because there's so many choices out there when we go to the pet store. How does one choose their diet? I know that's really hard, right? Because you go into all the different areas. Um, You know, you go into the grocery store and the pet store and then the vet clinic, and there's all these different types of food. And how as a consumer, how as a pet parent, are you supposed to know which food to pick? Um, And so there's, there's lots of, of ways that you could kind of do this, right? The one thing I really want people to know, I guess, is that there are different levels of food, right? So to me, it reminds me of gasoline, right? So you buy gas for your car, right? And when you go, usually you'll go and you'll get the regular gas. That's what most of us get. It's the cheapest one. We know our cars are going to mostly do okay on it, right? We'll be fine. But if we're down south, maybe in California, (laughs) and we have like a Lamborghini, then we might go, okay, we need to buy better gas. So that's the same as our pet food. Our pet food, just so you know, if you go to the grocery store, you're buying your regular gasoline for your pet's engine, it's going to do fine, it's going to be complete and balanced, which is the most important thing. And we're going to do okay. But if you buy a pet that maybe has special needs, maybe you bought a pet that has lots of genetic problems, and you know that this pet is prone to allergies or joint disease or cancers, then you may say, I need to buy a food that maybe has more manufacturing done to it. 
it's been processed a little better. So it runs more smoothly through that engine and also has extra supplements in it. So that's when I'm going to go up to my pet store or even my veterinary line diets. So that's kind of your first indication of how do I decide which food to buy? Well, you kind of can decide, do I need regular gas for my, my pet's engine or do I need specialty gas for my pet's engine? Okay. Now, as a regular pet owner, we really wouldn't know until we go to the veterinarian to find out, oh, well, actually, my pet has this condition and so he needs special food. Right. That's true. There might be some people that realize like if you have a giant breed dog, so a Great Dane, something that's going to have huge growth, a lot of those people will be aware. And there are certain breeds. So if you have a specific breed, it is really good to do research, right? For example, if you have a Westie, we know that white dogs are really prone to allergies. So you may want to, you know, research about your breed and find out, are there any genetic things that this breed tends to have more regularly? Or talk to your veterinarian when you go in for those exams every year, your puppy exams, say, is this a breed that commonly has some genetic problems? What type of food would you recommend? And they can definitely help help you walk through those choices. So breed-specific food, you wouldn't always find that at the grocery store. There, you'd have to go to a pet store, I would imagine. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily, um, like there are some companies that will make a specific food for a specific breed. And that's fabulous as well. But sometimes it's more of the health concern that we have in that breed. So Great Danes, Newfoundlands, we're looking at high growth. We're maybe looking at a higher risk of hip dysplasia. So joint protection is really important. So then there's nutrients. So coming from those ingredients that will feed those, help benefit those conditions that we have going on. So if I'm worried about joint disease, As a person who knows more about nutrition, I'm going to look for foods that have higher omega fatty acids. And I know my grocery store foods will have some. Pet stores may have a little more, but my vet line foods will have the most. So depending on how worried I am about joint disease in my pet, I may just go right to the vet food before the problem happens to help prevent the problem. Now, are most veterinarians up on the latest in pet food nutrition? You bet. And I think I'd like to say yes. The problem is, is like with with veterinarians and technicians, our nurses in the clinics, we have to know everything, right? So we're kind of like your general practitioners. When you go to your doctor, your regular doctor, they know a little bit about everything. But it's impossible the way medicine's evolving and changing for us to keep on top of Every single thing that's happening in surgeries and blood works and testing, um, you know, different techniques we can do and nutrition. And of course, each veterinarian and technician has their own passion. So their focus and research and, and education that we take, we have to always keep up on our education. We're regulated to do that, but we may focus it in different directions. So there will be some veterinarians that are more educated because they're watching new continuing education sessions versus others that are maybe maybe focusing on new surgery techniques that are coming out. So we do learn about it in school, but it depends how recent your education is. Does that make sense? Yeah, it sounds so confusing (laughs) (laughs) because there's so such a variety out there. And then if you've got specific breeds and then if you've got specific conditions, wow. 
Yeah. So there's one thing too, one other point I want to let you know, because I think most people focus on that ingredient list. And I want everyone quit looking at the ingredient list. It's really not telling you a lot um, because we're getting nutrients from those ingredients. It's not telling us the quality of the nutrients. It's not telling us the digestibility. So really how much nutrients are we going to get from that ingredient? It's not telling us the volume of the ingredient. So we really don't know much from that ingredient list. So truthfully, I don't even look at an ingredient list unless I'm looking for specific like allergy in a pet. I don't even bother to look because it's really not going to tell me a lot. That's so interesting because when you watch the pet food commercials, that's what they focus on. I know. Look at the ingredients for this food as opposed to this food. I know. And that's the horrible (laughs) thing about marketing is that marketing has really taught us to look at the things that don't actually really matter, that the people who know about nutrition don't really necessarily look at because we're looking at nutrients, digestibility. So how much of those nutrients are we actually going to get? So what I want people to start looking at because Canada is also a little different than the U.S. We don't have as many regulations as the U.S. does. Oh. But we're actually, we think buying Canadian made is like great. It's not. Yeah. It might not be because we're actually not as regulated. Oh. So what I like to look for, my most important thing out of any pet food is that it's complete and balanced. So when my pet eats that bite of food, they're getting every bit of protein, fat, carbohydrate, vitamins and minerals that they need in every meal. Okay. Uh, which people like us, we don't. I still need one of those big companies to come up with a human food so I can just scoop out knowing I need two cups a day yeah. of tiramisu flavored kibble and that's all I can have for the day and I'd be fine with that. But that's right. um, so what I want you to look at when you get your bag of food, go to the back usually and there'll be that um, chart that says feed for this size of dog, feed this much, feed this size of dog for that much, right? So and I'm for cats for a feeding guide. And usually under that feeding guide, there's going to be a statement. Mm -hmm. And that statement will say, this food is made in a certain way. So it's either had feeding trials, AFCO feeding trials, or it'll say it's formulated. So that's telling me how that food was made. And then it'll say for a certain life stage. So it's going to say growth. And it might say growth for large breed dogs. Then it's going to say that or gestation, lactation. So for our pregnant or nursing mm-hmm. mama pets, yeah. it'll say adult or it'll say all life stages and all life stages. I don't know why they made this up because it means gestation, lactation, because that's the highest demand, right? Oh. Like a mama dog nursing <laughs> 10, 12 puppies. That's the most demand. Yes. So the reason I want you to look at that statement is because just because the food says it's a senior food on the front doesn't mean that what's in the bag is actually made with seniors in mind. If it's made for all life stages, well, we know that a a mom, a boxer dog with nine puppies needs different energy and nutrients coming from different places than our old senior dog, right? We know as seniors, we don't need carbohydrates so much anymore, right? Our body, we we, we don't need that quick energy. We need protein. We need maybe some energy from fat, but we definitely don't need as many carbohydrates. So I don't want to feed my senior pet the same diet as I'm feeding my lactating dog. So that really, I prefer everyone look at that and quit looking at the ingredients list, look for that statement. And if you can't find that statement, maybe don't buy that bag of dog food because they're not following as many regulations as they could 
when producing that pet food. Okay. I know we've all been focusing on the wrong thing and that's part of marketing, right? So talk to your veterinarian about, you know, what would be a, a good thing to look at because hopefully they can give you some different direction of where to go. Okay. Hmm. Very good advice. Yeah, it gives us a little little more direction than just you following bet. the commercials. I know. And definitely, you know, for me, I'm one of those people now that if I see a brand that's putting down another brand, I, I'm done. I won't even buy that pet food anymore. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to recommend them because all the big companies really should work together. They should share research. Because what I love about our bigger companies is when you think about research, you might just think, well, they're researching how they make the pet food or they're researching about different ingredients. But really, when I talk about research, that means they'll say, okay, we have senior pets. And so what's different about senior pets? And they'll kind of study what's going on with senior pets. Well, we know we have an increased risk of cancers, arthritis, Mm -hmm. muscle loss. So how nutritionally can we fix those problems? And that's what they're going to do is they're going to look at fixing those problems with nutrients rather than just making a pet food to pay, make money. They want your pets to live longer. So you'll continue to buy the pet food. Yeah. That's kind of the goal, right? (laughs) They don't want your pet to get sick because then it's not going to buy pet food. They want it to live longer and healthier lives so that they can keep selling you pet food. So I really like companies that are doing research are putting these different things on the bag of food so that you know, which food to buy. Wow. Wow, such a lot of information eh, to take in. It is. And I don't mean to overwhelm everyone. I just want to direct your vision to a different way and not feel bad. If you're going to buy food at the, at the grocery store, that's okay. But look for that statement on there. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, there's a food out there at the grocery store that is the most researched food out there. It was actually studied in dogs for 14 years. So it's actually in the grocery store, a food that is the most researched and has feeding trials on it. So, so I challenge you to go out and find that food. And I think you'll all be surprised (laughs) at which one it is, but definitely don't feel bad about yourself. You do what is best. Complete and balanced is what really matters. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Robin. Very good information. And I guess it just goes to prove that if you're going to own a pet, You really need to do your research on all aspects, especially nutrition. You bet. And do your research in the right place. So you can look at Wasava, the World Small Animal Veterinarian Association. That's where you're going to find some accurate information about pet nutrition. They have a whole toolkit, including um, some information for the cat and dog savvy pet owner. So go look at a, at a good source of nutrition, do some research and reach out to your vet team. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for joining us here at Burlington Humane. It's been very interesting. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. a special animal that you have seen at Burlington Humane and want to show your love to? Do you want to show how special Burlington Humane is to you and our community? 
Have you adopted that special animal who has rescued your heart? Spread your love by donating to Burlington Humane during our Donate for Love online campaign on Monday, February 14th. You can visit our website for all the various ways to donate. Has your pet left their paw prints on your heart? Participate and donate for love this Valentine's Day, Monday, February 14th. Donate for love. Bernstein is the founder of The Benjamin Project. We interviewed Malcolm about The Benjamin Project back in episode 20 of Burlington Humane Podcast. Malcolm has just finished a book called Animals and Our Emotional Well-Being, Personal Stories About Our Best Friends and Their Impact on Our Lives. It is a compilation of short stories that will warm your heart. Here is one of those stories by Malcolm himself about Benjamin his adopted dog, which the Benjamin Project is named after. Benjamin by Malcolm Bernstein It was a beautiful first Saturday morning in May of 2000 when my wife Helen told me over breakfast that she had been looking for a dog for me for my 50th birthday. In speaking with the OSPCA in Newmarket, they told her, we have a little boy here. He's not glamorous, but he's the most laid back dog we've ever seen. Helen asked them to hold him for us. Within no time of Helen sharing this with me, we were in the car on our way to the shelter. How do you spell dog lover? The scene was sheer pandemonium. Cars everywhere, dogs in their outdoor cages, and a deafening crescendo of barking. We inquired about this pup and were directed down a few aisles of cages till we saw him lying on the floor of his cage, the biggest brown eyes looking up at us, wagging his tail, and not a peep. We took him for a walk on the vast property, and that began a love affair for the three of us, which lasted 13 wonderful years. We noticed a few things about him instantly. His energy, enthusiasm, being crazy for other dogs, and his gentleness. At one point we sat down at a picnic table, and I was petting his head. He took my hand in his mouth and held it like butter. We arranged to adopt him on my birthday that Wednesday. He hopped into the car as if he had been in it his whole life, all 18 months of it, and our odyssey began. This tall, athletic, underweight mixed terrier was such a perfect gentleman 
and Helen wanted a very distinguished name for him. We decided on Benjamin. It's hard to describe the incredible joy Benjamin brought into our lives. He was always there for you, always high-spirited. Every run at the crack of dawn, a different direction of his choosing. Every evening walk, a fun-filled outing. Every encounter with another dog, or a group of dogs in the park better still. An opportunity for a rip-roaring, rollicking, tear-up-the-place great time. There was not a day when we weren't stopped by a stranger who remarked, What a beautiful dog! What is he? He's like that dog from the movies. It took us years to figure out Benjamin was a cross between a border terrier with its gristle and tan coat, gray beard and ring around his tail, and something much bigger. Our trips to visit family in Montreal changed from the sheer boredom of the 401 to an adventure with countless stops and romps in the picnic areas and camping out at the Best Western in Cornwall and the Sheridan Central in Montreal, two of the first chains to become pet-friendly. While the high heat of the summer was problematic, we hated it, and especially Benjamin with his thick fur coat. He reveled in the magic white wonderland of winter. The more snow and the colder, the better. We couldn't wait for our walk in the subdivision in Cornwall with the warm glows and beauty of countless Christmas trees on a frigid night and the exhilarating outings the next few mornings on Beaver Lake atop Mount Royal. On our first trip to Montreal, Benjamin bounded up the stairs of my parents' upper duplex, ran into the bedroom where my father Bob was sitting with a painful arthritic condition in his neck, hopped onto the bed and laid down next to him. Bob laughed and gave Benjamin a big pat. You would have sworn they had a connection in a past life. It was truly incredible. My mother Elsie was not accustomed to dogs, but that changed instantly when Benjamin befriended her. My sister is a big time dog lover, as are members of Helen's family, and everyone loved seeing our little boy. It didn't matter what time of day, how you were feeling, what you were going through at work or in other areas of your life, Benjamin brought out the best in you. On one of our walks that spring, after Benjamin had gone to much needed puppy school, which he aced, he was so smart and such a fast learner, we were walking in a parquet and he ran ahead and suddenly laid down. Concerned, I hurried up to find him lying nose to nose with a baby bird, one sentient being protecting another and not wanting to leave until he was reassured it was okay. August 27, 2000. The phone rings at home late at night. My dad had been hospitalized and was in emergency at a hospital in Montreal. Half an hour later, the same nurse called back. My dad had passed away. Upon hanging up the phone, I broke down, and Benjamin instantly jumped up with his front legs on my lap. A look of extreme alarm in his face, his tail wagging furiously. In that moment, I regained my composure, both because of the comfort he brought 
and because I knew I needed to comfort him. No words can adequately describe the innate sense of knowing this little boy had and the depths of the bond between us. Helen and I drove to Montreal the next day and left Benjamin with Helen's parents while we took care of plans. We only saw Benjamin after the funeral the next day when I learned he hadn't eaten since we dropped him off. He was so happy and relieved to see us and subsequently polished off a huge meal. His sensitivity was core to who he was. Summer holidays were the best times ever. We'd rent a cottage for a couple of weeks in the Tremblant area, going for long runs on side roads and countless walks in the woods. Marvel at deer, which he actually didn't chase, except once for a very long way on a dirt road with me chasing after both and screaming at Benjamin until the deer cut off into the woods and thankfully stopped. Swim in refreshing mountain lakes while Benjamin laid in the tall grasses. He loves sand and shorelines, but not water. As usual, and even more so at the end of those endless summer days, Benjamin slept like a log, unless he wanted to go for another walk in the middle of the night, chasing his tail round and round in circles and bark at the wind or some imaginary creature, as was his ultra-high energy custom. We had many such outings in the old village of Tremblant at 3 a.m., Fast forward to the summer of 2012. After a series of inexplicable seizures on our walks, we took Benjamin to our vet, who detected some swollen glands and ran some tests. Waiting for the results over the course of the July 1st long weekend was an eternity. Wednesday, we learned the outcome. Benjamin had lymphoma. We were stunned and worried in the extreme. We were referred to a specialist who said that Benjamin had a good chance of recovery if we start now. We embarked on a treatment protocol of chemotherapy over many weeks in a brutally hot summer with the enormously stressful ups and downs of good and bad blood counts, on and off again appetite, and such terrible discomfort for Benjamin. But he never complained, and come the fall, his cancer was in full remission. That winter was the best ever. Long, super active walks, frolicking in the snow, appetite off the charts, devouring Helen's homemade cooking, chicken soup, steamed vegetables, baked salmon, not to mention the ritual raw carrots at precisely mid-afternoon. Or Benjamin would let us know about it in no uncertain terms with a big bark. And then, one evening, the next spring, as we were heading out, I reached down to pat Benjamin and felt a lump the size of a golf ball. Suddenly the cancer had returned, after an interminable wait over another long weekend, and again another round of chemo in another heat wave. Benjamin's suffering this time is more than I could bear to write about. I wanted to keep him no matter what. I am filled with grief and despair to this day because of it, and Helen too. Benjamin passed away July 17th, 2013, eight years virtually to the day I wrote this story.
he's there for you when work is stressful. She's there for you when life is hard. She's there for you when you need a friend. Be there for her. Register for Pet First Aid today. The next course is on March 6th, here at Burlington Humane. And now it's time for news and events. In response to the COVID-19 advisories, we have restricted our access to Burlington Humane by the general public. Guests are no longer able to drop into Burlington Humane unannounced. Access to our shelter is now by appointment only. We are trying to limit access to keep everyone safe. You will be relieved to know that Burlington Humane now has a mandatory vaccination policy. All volunteers, staff and guests who will be in the shelter longer than 15 minutes need to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19. You will also need to show your proof of vaccination before entering Burlington Humane. Due to these initiatives, guests, staff and volunteers can be reassured that they indeed will stay safe while visiting Burlington Humane. Be sure to stay informed about all the animals that are available for adoption. We currently feature daily videos of one of our available animals. We are also doing videos of our available animals in the shelter and in foster care. Be sure to subscribe to our social media pages to watch these videos. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel titled Burlington Humane, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Videos of our animals can also be found on our website, www.burlingtonhumane.ca. Stay informed and up to date with Burlington Humane. Are you prepared to help your pet in the event of an accident? What will you do until you can get them to the veterinarians? Burlington Humane is proud to offer Walks and Wags Pet First Aid course. Walks and Wags Pet First Aid are national leaders in pet first aid and have the longest standing pet first aid course in Canada. It has earned the stamp of approval from Animal Wellness, North America's top animal wellness magazine. This hands-on live practical gives you the skills and confidence to deal with illness and emergencies. The 10-hour course deals with how to prevent injuries, early signs of illness and poisoning, bandaging and splinting techniques, emergency medical conditions, choking, artificial respiration and CPR, and much much more. Upon su successful completion, you'll receive a certificate valid for three years. The next course is online on Sunday, March 6th. 
go to our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca for more information. Pet First Aid. Burlington Humane is a nonprofit organization and we rely completely on donations from our generous supporters to continue finding forever homes for our animals. We do not receive any type of government grants from municipal, provincial, or federal governments. If you are able to make a donation to Burlington Humane, it will go a long way to helping our animals. All donations of $20 or more will receive an income tax receipt. You may choose to donate monthly so you can provide continued support to Burlington Humane. You can even leave a legacy by providing a bequest in your will and ensure that your support continues long into the future. All donations are very much appreciated. Thank you from Burlington Humane. Let's meet one of our more notable cats. His name is Dante and he is a senior gray short-haired domestic cat who is not yet available for adoption as he is recovering from extensive facial reconstruction surgery. He had a huge bony growth on his lower jaw which gave him an excessive underbite accompanied by a rare bone infection. Dante has gone through several surgeries to extract the unhealthy bone, remove many soft tissue cysts, and has had his jaw realigned. We have set up a GoFundMe page in order to help recover some of the costs of Dante's numerous surgeries. You can find the link to Dante's GoFundMe page on our website, social media pages, and on our YouTube page. That's Dante. Burlington Humane Kids Club is back. Children between the ages of eight and 12 will learn about cats and dogs and how to take care of them. Plus, we will have guest speakers from the animal welfare field. Go to our website to register, www.burlingtonhumane.ca and join Burlington Humane's Kids Club. Is there a special animal that you have seen at Burlington Humane and want to show your love to? Do you want to show how special Burlington Humane is to you and our community? Have you adopted that special animal who has rescued your heart? Spread your love by donating to Burlington Humane during our Donate for Love online campaign on Monday, February 14th. You can visit our website for all the various ways to donate at www.burlingtonhumane.ca backslash donate. Has your pet left their paw prints on your heart? Participate and donate for love this Valentine's Day, Monday, February 14th. Donate for love. The City of Burlington has a mandatory indoor mask requirement. And as such, all of our volunteers, staff, and guests must wear masks at all time while visiting Burlington Humane. All guests are required to bring their own mask. However, we do have masks on hand. We also have face shields for those guests who are not able to wear a mask for medical reasons. Are you interested in adopting? We have changed our adoption procedures to make it more effective and efficient. You can contact Burlington Humane to book an appointment and come into BHS to fill out an adoption application. Talk with our adoption counselor, and if you are approved to move forward in the process, meet with our animals. 
you can book your appointment by calling 905-637-7325 or email us at adoptions at burlingtonhumane.ca. Please note that all members of the family who will be living with the pet must come to the appointment and all applicants must be fully vaccinated. Book your appointment today! To find the latest information about events, ways to make a donation, the animals that are up for adoption, and much more, visit our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to stay in touch and up to date with Burlington Humane. Burlington Humane! Congratulations to us, Burlington Humane Podcast! We have been listed in the top 20 best animal welfare podcasts by Feedspot. We're the only Canadian podcast listed that has stories and interviews of general interest to pet owners. We are very proud of our accomplishment and thank all of our listeners and supporters. Please subscribe to Burlington Humane Podcast so more people can learn about the joys of pet ownership and how to provide the best care for their pets. Congratulations, Burlington Humane! Congratulations, Burlington Humane! that's it for this episode of Burlington Humane, the podcast of the Burlington Humane Society. I want to thank our guest, Robin Sars of Vet Strategies. Be sure to subscribe to Burlington Humane on iTunes. We are located at 740 Griffith Court in Burlington, Ontario. You can visit our website at www.burlingtonhumane.ca or give us a call at 905-637-7325. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for joining us. My name is Doug. We'll see you next time on Burlington Humane. Bye-bye. My Society. My society.
Burlington Humane is my society.